0: Alright, welcome to Making Games with Jeremy and Brian, Uh, kind of of starting up a new podcast. Um, We're two game developers, and we have um, kind of worked together in the past uh, as a teacher and student. (laughs) Uh, For the first little bit, I guess we're going to go over some of the programs we're playing now, and then we're going to go into what what we're designing, what we're developing. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so,
1: um, right. you want to go first on this, on what
0: you're playing? Sure, why not? Um, recently, um, I ended up picking up myself a uh, new SeoTech uh, X52 Pro Flight System, and I've been using that to play a game called Elite Dangerous.
1: Oh, I've heard about that. I have students telling me about that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I it's good. So a couple of friends of mine got me into that, and I have the Oculus Rift Dev Kit 2. Uh, which I am uh, endeavoring to set back up uh, to see just how the VR side of it works because uh, that looks like a really fun game to play in the VR side, things. So yeah, I hear. Uh, the game itself is very large. There are many, 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 many solar systems to uh, play with, so... <laughs> There's lots to do, that's for sure. Uh I'll have to check. But it's not bad. I recommend it, actually. It's pretty decent. So, what about it do you like? At the moment, uh, I am just kind of playing it and getting some of the bounties. I'm uh, mostly working on getting some of my ships upgraded. Uh, and then I'm going to start doing some of the missions they have there. Uh, for me, it's just the ability to fly around and just have fun. I mean, it's it's not really story-based game like I usually play. But it is a very fun way just to, to just to relax you know just to just just to play. So oh, cool.
1: yeah, I'll have to get that one, and then I hear the v r and it's pretty cool too. like all of the ship panels and stuff are all detailed out, so when you look around, it's like you're actually in there.
0: They spent a lot of work on making sure the interior of the cockpit looked really, really nice. Uh, I really can't complain too much with what I've seen so far. Some people, eh, well, you know, hey, but I kind of I'm all over the place with my games. I like everything, and yeah, this one kind of caught my eye. Oh, well, cool. Uh, anything, what do you, any, huh? anything else you playing or? Uh, actually, quite a few different things. Uh, there's Dark Souls three. There's um, oh, what you call it, Mafia three. Uh, I actually have quite a few different programs. I'll jump in between uh, whenever the mood catches me. Yeah, you got to
1: have that. Uh, So this week I got Owlboy. Have you heard of that? No, I have not. What is this one? So Owlboy, the guy that made it, and I'm not exactly sure how many people worked on it, and I think it's probably mostly him and then some other people here and there. Uh, He's been working on it for ten years. Wow. And it is gorgeous. It is a 2D platformer. I would say it's kind of RPG-ish. There's a really fun story with it. Um, so you play this. You're like in this uh, village or whatever, where there are people that are like owl-type people. Um, they like their cloaks that they wear allow them to fly. And then he has a more human friend that can't fly, and he carries him around and. And they help each other. Um, The dialogue in it's pretty funny because the main character can't talk. Oh. And um, it's like people make fun of him a lot. (laughs) And I'm I'm just laughing so hard playing it because how cruel they are to this character.
0: The dialogue can't be any worse than some of the games i played like Resident Evil. Is that blood? Next character, right next to him. Is that blood? Oh. Horrible script. <laughs> horrible. Well, the, the script
1: isn't horrible, it's just funny because of how much they're making fun of this guy. So
0: what platform is this on?
1: Uh, it's on PC right now, but I imagine mm. it'll uh, expand itself. It is... I like. You should go look it up. It is fantastic. I'll have to. Gameplay is great, the music's great, the story's great, and it almost feels like a time machine, like going back to when I was 10 years old playing Super Nintendo, some of the greatest games that they had on that. <laughs> you, like, you look at it and you're like, I get why it took one guy ten years to make this.
0: Well, I'm kind of following in suit. I've been working on my project for four years at least. So, uh, <laughs> are, you, are you playing any other games right now? Uh, no, not,
1: not really. I don't get to play games as much as I'd like. Uh, so... I play that occasionally, like on my lunch break, and then i um, been working on uh, building my basement. Not something you see a game developer do very often.
0: <laughs> I'm rebuilding my basement after the flood. That's why I had to replace my X-52. Oh, yeah,
1: that's man. terrible. Man, yeah. Well, at least I'll have uh, an office finally, so that'll be nice.
0: Uh, technically, my office is my bedroom, so, yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I'll have dedicated man space. Yes, yeah, <laughs> these posters and whatever i want in there
0: most of my posters i have um aren't exactly posters so much as they are pictures of me at comic-con uh, with certain stars that i uh was fortunate enough to be able to meet
1: by paying or for free
0: oh paying of course but you know still at the same time it's kind of like how often do you get to meet somebody who you've seen on the big screen for so many years that's uh, true
1: I got to take a selfie with the guy that played Pippin. I'm spacing on his name from Lord of the Rings. Oh,
0: yes. I know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Um, cool. For free. Nice. Uh,
0: I got to do the same thing with John Delancey, the first Comic-Con here in Salt Lake City. Nice. Well, that that one was really worth it. That was fun. So.
1: I went to that one, and it was crowded. It was very crowded.
0: Oh, they've gotten a lot worse.
1: Well, they've utilized the space more because that first one they didn't use the whole the whole
0: building. No, but now it's growing so large that even with the whole building, it's still okay. Now we're using the arena, and now we're going to try and use this building. <laughs> now we're going to try and use this building. Yeah. The the organizers of that have they they've, they hit a gold mine. They have a lot of people here who really are nerds. You know, they just love the science fiction, the fantasy. Been able to dress up and just go have fun. It's 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 exciting to see. Yeah. So, do you go to uh, any of them beyond the first one, or? Uh,
1: not. It's not really my favorite thing to do because I feel like it's mostly just like, oh, there's all these shops and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm probably not gonna buy anything. So it's mostly me just walking around. I don't have any costumes or anything, so. Maybe if I made more of an effort that way.
0: Well, the comic con is more than that. I mean, I go there personally for the panels.
1: Yeah, some of the panels interest me, but uh, like I don't know, celebrities don't—they're not that big of a deal to me. (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, one of the first panels I remember going to at the comic con, it was Adobe had a panel there, and they had an artist there drawing the head of a werewolf using a wakeum and i was able to hey i'm I'm a college student how do you set that wake up to be able to use sensitivities inside of your photoshop program and they walked you through the entire steps and it was actually really enlightening oh cool yeah made a good contact there with the adobe guys it was something something i never expected nice so
1: yeah i've gone to a few of them but not it's usually I'll go if someone's like, Hey, I got free tickets or, or whatever.
0: Yeah, I've I've been there. I mostly try to get the VIP passes myself just because I wanna be there, I wanna have some fun with it. You know, I'm trying to look at maybe one day getting a booth and either doing it at GameCon or at the Comic Con or the FanEx, whatever I can and you know, see about getting some marketing done for myself. And for my sister, who lives in California, who makes uh, clothing, her and her husband oh, yes. have their own textiles company. Nice. Yeah.
1: That's actually how I met um, Boyd. Something Boyd. What's his name? <laughs> the Pippin guy. Something Boyd. Anyway. You
0: had to ask. Um,
1: <laughs> I, I met him because uh, there's this guy I know, he was also an Art Institute student. And he created this hoodie with a really big hood. Mm-hmm. Called Loth hoodies. Have you heard of those?
0: No, but I can imagine it in my head.
1: So they were pretty popular, and he got invited to like the fantasy con and stuff. And I went with him, and that was when they had all of the dwarves from the Hobbit there. Oh, yeah. Cool. And he got them to agree to sign a hoodie that he would sell for charity. Nice. And uh, so we went around and and spoke to each of the characters or guys that played the characters and got them to sign it and stuff <laughs> the brown wizard's a jerk by the way
0: oh really mm. he's not a nice man <laughs> well i heard the same thing of this last comic-con uh, mr winkler was having a very bad day apparently so it's a shame to see somebody from happy days just you know not live up to the expectations of happy days <laughs> yeah well you know hey
1: for being on happy days you're not so happy
0: well, I remember, uh, still, uh, one of the Comic-Cons of, of the, you know, back, Brent Spiner, Spiner, I always get his n- last name mixed up in my head, but the person who played Data on Star Trek, Oh yeah. Uh, we're standing in line, waiting to get a picture, and Jonathan Frakes is in one booth, and he's in the other one, and Data comes out, and, welcome, everybody! What are you doing over in that line? You want to come over to my line? We're going to have so much fun, and, he was just all hands and exuberance and everyone was like oh wow you know he's after talking to us it was such a blast to be able to meet him he was so cool yeah
1: that would be nice they don't a lot of them aren't very outgoing
0: oh him and Jonathan Frakes I mean just being able to meet them I mean the first thing Jonathan Frakes said to me was nice hat and I was wearing my cowboy hat (laughs) we just had a a conversation from there and it was kind of like Wow, <laughs> it was great fun. Nice. Well, cool. Well, I see we're uh, some time in, so let's start talking about our our, our yeah. endeavors. Um, go ahead. Yeah, you actually it. have something you released. Yeah. I, well, I just
1: released my uh, game on Android Alley Hoop. Yeah, I was doing that. Yeah. The basketball game that's kind of like. Um, so you just like in, hoops keep coming by, and you have to go through them. Um, I haven't got much traction on that one yet. Can, can you dunk take that some time? Ball? I guess because what was that?
0: Can you can you dunk that basketball?
1: You can if well, you can slam dunk
0: if you get a power up. Ah, okay. Well, I'm sure power traction will up come in time. Yeah, I'm sure traction will come in time. Think about Angry yeah. Birds. It took six months for them just to go. Oh look. Angry Birds. What's well, this? yeah, and
1: Flappy Bird was like a year, yeah, before that guy got any traction. Um, but Mike, I have this other game, Don't Cut the Red Wire, which is a the bomb, bomb defusal game. game. Yes, yeah, and um, that one didn't really start getting downloads for several months. Like it was funny because I had a I had a couple hundred, but that was mostly from me getting my students to download it, and maybe their friends or whatever, mm-hmm. and then. I checked a few, like, it kind of stopped for a little bit, and then I, I didn't check on it. And I checked a few months later, and all of a sudden I had, like, 3,000 downloads. And <laughs> it, I know that's not, like, a ton, but...
0: It's a start. You've got to start somewhere.
1: Yeah.
0: 3,000 downloads. I remember that program. You were showing it to us. That was, that, that was a pretty impressive game for what it was.
1: Thanks. And so I'm working on a new one now.
0: And these are both on uh, at the app stores.
1: Well, they're just on the Android store right now. Okay. Um, I don't have the money for the iOS one at the moment because you have to pay $100 just to just, get your developer's license. Just to get the
0: license Yeah, I remember that. I paid that once.
1: So that's what I'm using my Christmas money on. <laughs> <laughs> well, tax are in the corner. Yep. So I'll be doing that, and maybe I'll get some more traction with my games. Uh, so my latest game... Um I haven't really shown off too much of it yet. Uh but I it's like a platformer game, but a little bit of a different take on it oh, okay. where the uh where the environment doesn't move with you. The character just moves and it it's kind of like an auto move thing so it runs around and then you just have to jump. So is just like a contra um, type game or No, no, it's it's quite different. Um I don't want to give away too much just yet. Fair enough. Um, I haven't, well, I, I'll give. I'll tell you later, but you know, people <laughs> listen. Um, so I have a, I made a prototype for it cause I came, I came up with this idea and I was like, well, I wonder if it'll work. And this is the nice thing about teaching high school is I'll build a prototype and then I'll go hand it around to a bunch of high school students and I just gauge their reaction.
0: they yeah, getting their input. Yeah. That's smart.
1: And not even just, like, they'll, I mean, they'll have stuff to tell me, and they're always, like, feature creeping and trying to tell me what to add to my game. But
0: But the visual cues, the visual cues are just, they show, they tell you
1: so much. Yes, watching them play it, and then Mm -hmm. watching, if I, if they keep playing it, I know I have something. Yes. And, and they do, this one does, sorry, you were, what were you saying?
0: Well, I was just going to say, a lot of people just discount the visual side of things. They just think, oh, well, he's, he said this and that. But they're not actually paying attention. Hmm, that guy's really, really into this. wonder what he's doing. Oh, that's my game. <laughs> you know, the visual yeah. cues are just, ah.
1: And and another thing that's happened, this happened on the the basketball one, and now it's happening on this one. Um, like i'll like i 'll show the kids the game or whatever, and i 'll have it up on my computer in the classroom and then i 'll have to walk away from my desk to go help a student and This has happened a couple of times where a student went to my computer without my permission and started playing my game. <laughs>
0: Oh, means Cause really they Because they wanted to
1: play it. Yeah, so uh, it's so right now what I'm doing is, instead of building all the levels, I'm making all the little pieces work. Building and I'm the close. Yeah, so then I have all these prefabs, and for those that don't know, game development prefab is, um, like, pre-made things that you can just drag and drop in anywhere you want. So you make it, and then you turn it into a prefab, and then you can reuse it. Uh-huh. Um, and so, I've almost got all of that done, and as soon as I have that done, it's pretty much just designing levels and pulling out my prefabs and moving them around, and it, it's, it's turned out pretty well. I'll, have to, I'll send you the prototype after this. Oh, that'd be fun.
0: Yeah, no, um, I work with prefabs myself, and I do certain things, but most of my stuff is modular systems. Um, you know, modular, like you have a, a room, and you can just, okay place this, place this. Oh, look, I got a hallway now. You know, it just makes things easier. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, this program you're working on, you're, you're using your students to help kind of gauge their reactions and find out if the game is, what? The game is fun, playable, everything. Yeah.
1: If, if it, if it's a viable idea, Mm
0: -hmm. because I can
1: think I have good ideas, but maybe other people don't. Um,
0: well, the test audience for so the fix what was that. The test audience will really help you out with that.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I have two hundred students. Wow. At the high school. That I can. That's a. That is a nice audience that's that I nice, can just hand stuff to.
0: Nice round number. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. So I go around and I I'm like, hey, you guys want to try the new game I'm working on? And of course they do. And
0: why not? And
1: I see him play it. And most of them will sit there and play it. So this one, the prototype, you can win. Like, you can go around and it'll say, you won when you get to it. That's not how it's going to be in the end game. But just so that, you know, some kind of pleasure from getting to the end, right? Mm -hmm. And I made it kind of hard. So there's, like, spikes and stuff that you can die on in it. And um, I noticed that they just, like, they would keep dying. Really? And even though they kept dying... They kept playing. They're like, I know I can do this.
0: Well, it almost sounds to me like a Pitfall of some kind.
1: Yeah, maybe a little bit.
0: Because you um, had the gators, you had to jump around. You had the spot. Yeah, you know. the uh, snakes.
1: Yeah. So this one, uh, I'll tell a little bit, I guess. So it's uh, <laughs> you. You pretty much see it's it's different from most platformers. You actually see the entire map
0: all at once. So, kind of like an um, old version of Popeye or Donkey Kong?
1: Kind of. So, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a full platformer level, like, like the first Mario Brothers or something. Oh, okay,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: but you can see the whole thing, and it's actually a circle. Mm-hmm. So, the whole thing's around a circle, and so the player actually ends up upside down. At some point, and they still have to jump up to go over things, wow. and that's part of the the challenge of it. Um, like I had one student that was like, "Well, I don't want to have to turn around my phone." I'm like, "Well, then don't turn around." Yeah, have you seen? <laughs> that's uh, kind of the
0: point. Have you seen Tron Legacy or was it Legacy? Yeah. No, I haven't. Yeah, and and the parts of that they actually have part of the the game sequence where uh, Sam is on the roof of the game area with his opponent and it's just you look at that and you're just going wait a second my head hurts
1: <laughs> that sounds pretty interesting that sounds pretty cool yeah you'll have to let me know what you think when I send you the prototype
0: absolutely absolutely
1: what are you working
0: on? Uh, I'm working on a program I called the Shed Discovery it's kind of a working title at this point but uh, uh, more or less what it is is a 1943 horror game and, you know, unlike most war games of this time period, I am actually focusing on the Japanese theater instead. Uh, I figured, we've picked on the Nazis enough, I don't want to go that route. But, in picking on this area of the war, it actually gave me a whole new area to explore, not just for, for my game, but f- from a historical, mythical standpoint as well. Um one of my favorite questions to ask people is you know, if you go back to Plato and Socrates' time frame if you look at any map, what didn't exist on that map at that time frame? And you know, most people will go well, I don't know. And those will say, the Americas. The Pacific Ocean. So, where is Atlantis? You know, that's everything. And I'll yeah. pick up people's minds and you know if you go off the myth of that it was destroyed in a volcano or, or an earthquake we're not sure which but where's the most seismically active area in the world well it's the ring of fire in an indonesian area so i've kind of tied in some myths and legends in my program but i've also done my history of the japanese people you know i've looked at their names how they how they a their, their people what actually happened in the war I've, gathered a whole bunch of this backstory and you know I worked on that first before I even started building my program so that took me a couple of years just to get that part done so right now uh, because of the school I'm able to actually start building the world and uh, I have the first two levels and I have a team of other individuals who are helping me try to get the rest of it put together so that we can finally get this thing out and just just, just have fun with it but it's 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 going to be a first person game uh, and it's going to focus predominantly on VR Uh, I've been told by people who have seen horror games you have to be kind of sadistic to make a VR horror game so I guess I'm a little little twisted (laughs) well the world is soon
1: gonna know how twisted
0: you are I suppose so especially when I see my Parasite
1: (laughs) so this is the one that i saw right this
0: is the one you saw yes uh it's um some of the stuff you've seen has already been changed and is continuing to change uh the first part of what you saw looked like a mining tunnel but the original design for this actually was to be a military bunker so i've pulled out those old assets and i'm putting them back into the program so the first little while, cool. you're actually going to see cement hallways and rooms. It's going to have more of a militaristic feel to it. It's going to be very, very high-textured, high, high textured, but not so much that it will bog down the computer. <coughs> so right now, it's just mostly trying to get everything functioning and working. And I'm building this in the Unreal Engine, so it's predominantly going to be for PC until I can get to the other areas, but... I'm looking at Steam for my release.
1: Oh, well, cool. Yeah, I'm using uh, Unity for mine. Mostly because everyone that I know, all of my programming buddies, are like, don't use Unreal for mobile.
0: <laughs> uh, Unreal for mobile, well, just like any other program, it has its quirks.
1: Well, and your file sizes are humongous.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, I downloaded a
1: DICE app, it's just dice. Yep. Just rolling dice, and it was a hundred megabytes.
0: Yeah, trying to get a small file inside of Unreal is not easy.
1: Yeah. So. Well, you if you look at it, Unreal AAA engine. Yes. And then they were like, "Oh, let's add mobile." Now Unity was a mobile engine, and that said, "Hey, let's add AAA." Yep. So. Unreal hasn't caught up to the mobile, and Unity has not yet caught up to the AAA. They're getting closer now,
0: though. Mm-hmm. Well, each one has their own advantages and disadvantages. I will definitely say for, for mobiles, yeah, Unity is perfect for that. If, if you know C Sharp programming, go for it. It's, it's a great program, but for like something like what I'm trying to do, I like the Unreal Engine because instead of having to work in the C++ code, which I'll have to do eventually anyway, I can kind of utilize what's already there, and they have something called Blueprints, which is node-based programming. And I can set it up for doors, or my lights, or whatever I need to have that can be easily manipulated and worked on, including my AI itself, without actually having to hard-code anything.
1: So I'm actually like you. I use something called Playmaker. I had to purchase it for Unity. Mm-hmm. But it's a visual scripting plug-in for Unity, and it's pretty nice.
0: I've heard they had something like that, some sort of node-based pr- programming.
1: Yeah, so m- both my bomb game and the basketball game were made with that. Mm-hmm. I, d- I did zero programming.
0: <laughs> well, I uh, self-taught myself C++ many, 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 many years ago. But uh, then the military called me, and I was kind of like, oh, that went out the window. So I'm <laughs> slowly getting back into that. But... Uh, I I know enough in programming to be dangerous (laughs) Um, but beyond that it's it's mostly it's just trying to refine things and then get my AI working Um, it was really close to a to a a working alpha or working beta but I've kind of scaled things back now I'm longer in school and I'm refining it to make sure that all of my functionality works and all of my backstory is where it needs to be, and then I'll start building the levels again because once I have my story you know, straightened out, everything else should hopefully start falling in place from there. So I've always told you can build levels all you want, but do you have anything behind them? Yeah. If you don't have anything behind them, you're kind of wasting your time because you're going to go back and go, why did I put that there? What? What? what, what, what possible reason is this here for
1: (laughs) well if you if you need uh if you want some people to test out your game i can have my high school students do it
0: that would probably help me out quite a bit because i will be looking for testers eventually and because it's unreal it's really easy to package up that program
1: (laughs) yeah plus we will be getting um the vive in my classroom shortly i hate you um
0: <laughs> See, I so can't want afford
1: one. A, I can't afford a Vive, so I get other people to buy it for me.
0: Well I have like I said, I have the dev kit for the Oculus, but I, I really want the Vive. I'm hoping next uh, year's tax returns will allow me to uh, acquire a well,
1: one. It's, it's beautiful. So what I did is I uh I have a classroom budget and I ordered a Vive and then the the new AMD V R ready card that they made, the one's mm-hmm. like two hundred and sixty bucks. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's, it's like the four hundred and fifty or four hundred and eighty or something like that.
0: Something like that. I don't remember. I
1: I went from AMD my,
0: to something else.
1: Yeah, but saw specifically VR.
0: Yeah. I have an NVIDIA 980 Ti, which is a VR card. So yeah, I
1: went with the I went with the cheaper one just so that I didn't use up my entire budget. <laughs>
0: Well, well, I went with this one predominantly because I fried my AMD card somehow, and I'm still trying to figure out how that happened. <laughs> then again, being seven years old probably didn't help none.
1: Oh, yeah, that's, I think you found a problem.
0: I think I found a problem. <laughs> but now I have everything liquid cooled, so hopefully it will last a little oh, nice. longer. So. Yeah.
1: Well, anything else you want to
0: cover? Well, um, at the moment, I'm kind of curious, you know, what are your plans for, for for future development? Do you have anything else you are looking at doing? Any type of long-term projects, maybe?
1: Uh, I've actually got two other projects. Um, there's one, there's a mobile game that I've been working on um, for a while now, mostly in concept. Mm-hmm. And I've got a few things made for it. Um, but for some reason I get distracted with my other ideas and then I finish those first before I go back to it. I've been there. I think it's mostly because there are some things I want to do like have in-store purchasing and stuff I don't know how to do. So I get distracted by things I do know how to do.
0: (laughs) No that makes sense actually. Uh, In-store purchasing as I understand it isn't too overly complicated. I mean a simple Google search will find it but you know, implementing that into a program, that's where it kind of gets... I think you have to have some sort of programming experience, at least on that, to enable that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't sure. have a lot.
1: So each game that I've released, I've learned something new.
0: Well, that's the point, isn't it?
1: And, uh, yeah, well, you'd hope. And so I'm hoping I'll get to that point. So I have that. It's another mobile game, and it's kind of like a pet racing game.
0: <laughs> nice. Um,
1: but more violent.
0: Um, Have you ever seen a game called Naughty Bear? No, I haven't. Uh, My wife decided she wanted to go pick this game up. And uh, apparently it's about a bear uh, that is, I think, going to a birthday party or wasn't invited to a birthday party or something of that nature. And so it goes out on a killing spree and kills the other bears. And uh, some of the things you get is deflification or... (laughs) <laughs> and there's just the, awesome. the way they they deal this is just oh my good God. <laughs> it's pretty impressive what they've done with that but you should probably look into that naughty bear is definitely one of those things that's kind of like who thought this up what what did i just oh. witness <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 a fairly interesting game no, and not for children <laughs> i'll have to look that
1: one up Um, The other game is I want to make something on the scale of Ocarina of Time.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Um, Because I I don't feel like there are very many games out there that are like Zelda.
0: No, there are not. Not that I've seen anyway.
1: Like, I've seen a couple. Uh, There's one called, like, Oceanhorn, which did okay, but it, it... Really, if you ask my opinion, they kind of just ripped off Zelda. Like, all of the enemies are really similar, like, really similar.
0: (laughs) So my question to you is this. Is it original Zelda or what Zelda has become Zelda?
1: Well, I want to base it off of, like, Ocarina of Time, which is between that one and uh, Link to the Past. Those are two, like, my two favorites. Okay, okay. Um you know, it's like the, the puzzle RPG element. And I feel like Ocarina of time is small enough that it's something that I could accomplish by myself or with someone else in in a you know, three, four years maybe.
0: Right. Well it sounds interesting. Um do you have any anything laid out for it already? Do you have any ideas on paper? Hey. Um I actually almost had an investor for it. Oh.
1: Um, so I built out a level, and I have I have some concept art, and I have, like, the whole story down. Um, and I, I can show you some of that stuff. Well,
0: that's a great start, though.
1: Yeah. So I I know exactly where I want to go with it. Uh, I know the environments that I want to have and the, the characters that I want to have in it and all that, so... <laughs> Uh, it's just finding the time to do all of my mini projects.
0: <laughs> I know how you feel. I also have two uh, ideas on my own that I've been trying to work on for many years, but they're much larger than myself.
1: <laughs> I try to scale it down. as well, like, I always think about, okay, this is my idea. Now, how can I make it so that I don't have to rely on other people?
0: <laughs> well, I have... Um, um because i'm using the unreal engine i actually have an advantage on one of the programs i was hoping to design and uh, it comes mostly from an ai package i found Uh, these guys talented no doubt talented the ai they built wow but it's something that i can probably use you know and build this game i'm after because you ever played black and white yes I'm looking, that at, awesome. I'm looking at making another black and white. Only this that time... That would be sweet. That one needs to be B R. <laughs> yes, it does. Only this one, I'm planning on making the Populous Night quite so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty dumb. Yeah, and the first one, there was kind of like, well, guide us. Great one. And you let it sit there overnight, and it, you come back the next day, it's like, I've got three or four followers, and I'm very, very evil. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> and then you go to the second one, they kind of did better, but they, you know, the, your enemy is like trampling you and your guys are sitting there going, uh, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> wow. But, you know, on the whole, I rather enjoy black and white for what it promised. Not necessarily for the worlds themselves because I kind of felt it was a little unbalanced towards the AI side. I just but, remember
1: having fun throwing people around.
0: Yeah. You know, the animal... Um, you could be. Uh, one of the fun things was be an evil god, but make your creature this goody two shoes little guy. And he's heal, heal, no, heal. <laughs> <laughs> or do the reverse and have a really evil pet and then you'd be a nice guy, you know. Uh, it was just yeah, what, was if, a, what you could do with it was just so impressive. That was one of the first
1: um, evil versus good choosing kind of games. And that was what that whole company was based on. They're the ones that made um, Fable. Thank you.
0: Yep. Uh, you heard they shut down.
1: Yes. Yes, I did.
0: So disappointed. Uh so disappointed. But uh, no, I'm I'm looking at trying to recreate something like that, and obviously not call it black and white. But you know,
1: you're gonna call it white and black.
0: <laughs> I was thinking something a little more fun than that, but uh, oh, okay. No, okay. I I'm. I'm I really like the idea of having, you know, being that god and being able to choose what I wanted to do, but at the same time, you know, I don't want to sit there and micromanage my people, which is exactly what you had to do in order for them to survive. Yeah. It just seemed too much, too much work. You well, could, if it was like a
1: mix of Sims and black and white, maybe you'd have something there.
0: That's kind of what I'm thinking, because the Sims can be mostly self-sufficient. And you know that actually wouldn't be such a bad thing you know but you know hey Uh, the other one I was working on is uh, an RPG and um, this one uh, will will take me decades to get done at the current rate it's going but uh, essentially it's you have an evil side you have a good side and you have a neutral side and you know as the main character you can pick where you want to go do you want to build up your own town or do you want to go work with the empire do you want to go work with this kingdom you know it actually has a whole bunch of different elements into it kind of like mass effect did but the scale and and scope of it was it's just so grandiose it's just i'm looking at it going okay, that's a wish probably never gonna happen but I still have all the documentation for it, all the backstory, all the, the script, and everything like that. For just in case I ever get the team that can actually build that program, because it would be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, that sounds great.
0: Well, I, I always like the RPG-styles games. Um, I got into building programs because of an RPG. So Which one?
1: Ultima 7. <laughs> I, I played Ultima. Ultima
0: 7. My Hero is for 2 I played, Well, I
1: played Ultima Online.
0: Oh, well, so did I. I was in the beta test for that. Nice. Yeah, but Mr. Mr. Garriott is definitely uh, my hero. I, one day I would love to go up and shake his hand and say thank you. But hey, he's off in Texas somewhere working on Shroud of the Avatar. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, he, he's the one that pretty much got me started in this area. And, you know, him sharing his worlds with me kind of made me start thinking about my own imagination and, kind of got me where I'm at now, so. Great. It'll be fun.
1: Okay, now's the time for listeners to send us emails asking questions. You can send those questions to jbmakinggames at gmail.com. So that's J as in Jeremy, B as in Brian, making games at gmail.com ask us anything about making games what we're playing whatever you want and we will answer them
0: hopefully in a timely manner
1: at least by the time we do our next podcast (laughs) works for me
0: alright so Uh, is that it?
1: yep that's it